0: you need indeed hi this is Luka Doncic can he get it away in time on the step back he does he hits
1: he hits and the Mavericks have won the game Luka Doncic with a
0: 30 footer to win it at
1: the horn and you're listening to the Mavs Step Back Podcast
2: hey everybody welcome in to another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast I'm your host Dalton Trigg you can find me at twitter uh, at dalton underscore trig where i'm posting all of my dallas basketball.com work uh, other silly mavs content that you know isn't isn't really considered uh, work but you know it's entertaining so uh, be sure to go find me there uh, today we have a very special guest return guest uh, from mavs.com it's bobby Crowley bobby what's up man how
1: you doing I'm good, Dalton. I'm good. I I can't believe that Boyan couldn't even fetch a first round pick. So I I can only imagine the the trade machinations now taking place in your head, knowing that Utah doesn't even need a one.
2: I'm I was so upset when I saw that. I mean, uh, and <laughs>
1: Boyan earlier today, Boyan
2: Bogdanovich going to the Detroit Pistons. For Kelly Olenek, and there was another piece. I forgot with other guy's name.
1: Saban Lee. How could you forget Saban Lee? Come on. <laughs>
2: Saban Lee. No picks at all when, you know, it's been reported for weeks or the rumors have been that, you know, Utah believed that they could get a first for, like, each of their, their top veterans on the roster. So, I'm very upset about that, man. I've been a huge Boyan fan, you know, since he was in the uh, 2019 uh, unrestricted Free agency class. I really wanted the Mavs to pursue him. Then they didn't really have the means of doing so at the time uh, because he ended up making twenty million dollars a year. But man, I I really wish they could have gotten in on that one somehow. But uh, I mean, where where are you at with this current roster right now? Because I've been of the opinion that you know if the Christian Wood trade had happened after what happened in free agency. You know, there would probably be more of an overall optimistic view on things. But, you know, the, the Christian Wood trade happened so early. It was, it was two weeks before free agency. It was a week before the draft. Uh, so, you know, people, I guess, you know, it's just it's more fresh that Jalen Brunson left versus, you know, what the Mavs actually did. But, I mean, where are you on this current roster construction? I mean, how do you feel about the Mavs summer overall?
1: Yeah, it was like a do you want to hear the good news first or the bad news first? You know, and that kind of tells a lot about your personality because there was some good and there was some bad. Obviously, you know, Brunson leaving, especially for nothing, was such a gut punch. But um, you know, I think I think you add wood, you add size, you add JaVale McGee, you know. Um, if if you're of the opinion that rebounding and rim protection really, really matters and hurt the Mavs against the Warriors, then you're probably very happy with those upgrades um if you're of the opinion that you need as much playmaking as possible then you're probably a little bummed um I don't think that the Mavs are satisfied with only Luca and Spencer Dinwiddie and then to a lesser degree I guess maybe like Nilakina, Tim Hardaway you know Jaden Hardy if he can really come along I think they do want to upgrade or just straight up add a playmaker but they seem pretty comfortable with leaving that 15th spot open now that could be a gigantic smoke screen. Um, some dude just put his house on the market in LA. I'm sure plenty of people are going to try and make connections there. Like, I don't know if, if they're thinking like something like that big and that soon, or if they're content with just letting it ride until December 15th or the trade deadline, uh, whenever a lot more guys can be moved. But I mean, I think if, if that's the route they're going to go, you know, because I, I firmly believe, you know, I'm, I'm a huge Mavs homer, obviously wearing my Mavs polo. I'm at the Mavs office. Mavs employee, you know, uh, be forthright and everything. Um, but I really, really staunchly believe that they need to add another playmaker, whether it's a point guard or, or some sort of ball handler facilitator. If they wait that long, December, January, February, you're really starting to play with fire because you got back to backs between now and then that Luca doesn't always play, that Spencer Denwiddie can't always play because of his knees. Uh, just general, what if one of them has a bad season what if one of them gets really hurt? You know, you're really tempting fate the longer you take this thing. And so I think the sooner they can add one of those guys, the better. Um, but that might not be in their plans. So I guess we'll see. I mean, that's kind of like the the missing piece to me. If you get one really, really reliable creator, facilitator, playmaker, whatever you want to call it, then I'm, I'm pretty satisfied. Um, until then, I'm going to be just like crossing my fingers, knocking on wood every time one of those guys drives the lane.
2: Earlier this summer I spoke very briefly with Mark Cuban I wanted to get his thoughts on, you know, what happened in the the heat of the offseason and kind of looking forward to this year and you know, he's he's he seemed pretty high on Frank Nealekina, which I like Frank. I think he's I think he's a good player. Uh but he just even though he's a guard, he just hits me as more of like a like a small 3 and D wing uh rather than, you know, the type of player we believe the Mavs need to add at some point or another. Uh, but, you know, there's a chance that a guy like that could morph into what the Mavs need. Tyler Dorsey looked amazing uh, for the great national team over the summer. But, you know, his style of play, it kind of reminds me of like Tim Hardaway Jr. 2.0 more than a secondary uh, distributor or something. So, I mean, I- I'm with you. I think they have to they have to address that at some point. If they don't think they have to, you know, maybe it won't show up as much in the regular season. I think Lucas so good and, you know, the roster in general is good enough to where they can kind of, you know, have this have a similar success level as they did last year if, if there are no major injuries. But when it gets to the postseason, I think that's where it's really gonna hurt, you know, if they don't have that third guy. You know, because that, that's what made the Mavs so dangerous in their Western Conference Finals run. You had Luca Brunson Dinwiddie, three-headed point guard monster, and you know, it was it was hard for, for teams to combat that. So I don't but know. Even, I mean, even I look before
1: that though, even before that, like the last month or so of the season, as they were trying to really push for the four seed, they were grinding all these guys on the ground. I mean, Finney Smith and Reggie Bullock, they played a gazillion minutes in the playoffs, but they were also you know Dorian especially was like regularly touching like 36 38 40 minutes same thing for Luca same thing for Brunson so like I don't want that to have to be the case in November you know save that right. for like March and April like I don't I don't want to have to see that all year so that's why I think it's so important
2: and it'll I mean it, and obviously even if they don't add another point guard a bench guard you know if a uh, Josh Green develops and takes the next step you know that'll take some pressure off of Dorian Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock. And, you know, he showed us some glimpses of what he could do in the playoffs. He had that really good – was it was it game three against Utah mm-hmm. uh, when Luka was still out? You know, he had a really solid game, you know, 12.6 rebounds and a bunch of steals. I mean, he, he balled out in that one. So, I mean, if he takes the next step and kind of starts to reach that potential, what they thought he would be uh, when he was drafted, that helps you a lot too. But one guy that – I like, and we're going to go back to Utah because they're just, you know, they've completely hit the reset button. Uh, They've traded away their big stars. They're slowly getting rid of their, uh, their veterans on the roster. But uh, Mike Conley is interesting to me because it it just seems like he's not Jalen Brunson, but if you look at his stats from last year, like, you know, it's close enough to where I think that would be a great addition off the bench. The only thing is, you know, he's got that, that the second year on his contract worth a little over $20 million. And, you know, seeing what Boyan Bogdanovich went for, and he's an expiring contract, and, you know, they didn't get a first for him, it makes me wonder, like, could the Mavs potentially get Mike Conley uh, without not, not only without having to give up draft compensation, but could they get some draft compensation since he has that second year on his deal? I mean that that's really interesting to me, and I think he'd be a perfect fit with the roster.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I I think like the the whole sort of like Utah Utah's reasoning for wanting to deal Bowie on is because they saved like five million dollars this year, which like that's not really that much money, and also is not going to help them at all. So I I don't really understand that. Um, I think that a lot of those guys with longer term money, if the if it is the case that they just want to like fire sale, which is like you can have all our players they're probably not going to want long-term money back. And I think the Mavs are just at the point now where, you know, they're like close to not having much or really any long-term money, uh, but they're not quite there yet. That might be like a yeah. next summer type of thing or trade deadline where it's a little more palatable, but I'm not sure. Um, obviously can't talk too much about that without getting clapped by Adam Silver. But the the <laughs> one thing like philosophically that I'm curious to see you know, whether it's this season or next summer or whatever, now that we're really fully into the, the J kid Nico era is on this team right now, since Jalen left the shortest guys, like six, four, six, five, the shortest wingspans, like six, five, six, six, you know, so it feels like maybe they want to play giganto ball. And if they do, then, you know, your five, six foot six, one point guards probably aren't going to be the targets um, especially guys that are on the, the, you know, my side of 30. But I don't know. I mean, maybe they want, you know, J kid had this sort of veteran savvy about him, even whenever he was young, but especially later in his career, I know he values high IQ decision makers, um, you know, creators and all that stuff. And so maybe they want a guy that's been around the block, or maybe they just want as many long athletes as possible. Like, I I don't really know. I guess ideally you would have a guy that is very long and athletic on defense, that can also play this high IQ facilitating brand of basketball on offense, which there aren't many of them, but I, I don't know what they value. You know, do they value size? Do they value youth? Do they value athleticism? Do they value length? Or do they value IQ? Like, I, I don't really know their their priorities. So it'll be really interesting to see kind of how that all shakes out.
2: Whatever happens, you know, in the, net, in the coming months and, you know, leading up to the trade deadline, I really think it's going to be – you'll probably agree with me on this, but I I feel like if the Mavs do make another move, it's not going to be, it's going to be similar to the Christian Wood move. It's going to be something that's like really high value, you know, has a really high upside, but uh, they don't have to give up much, you know, to get it. And that's basically because of their pick situation right now. And I, I had uh, Chuck Cooperstein on either last week or the week before, I can't remember, but we talked about, you know, the next time the Mavs make a, a big big trade, and he, he seemed pretty dead set that it is gonna happen sometime before Luca's current contract is up. But when it happens it better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When it happens, you know, he's he basically said, like it's gonna blow what we thought was good with the KP trade at the time. It's gonna like blow that out of the water. And I tend to agree with that. And it's really interesting if you look forward to next summer. And I know we have a full season to go through and anything can happen and uh, I get yelled at on Twitter a lot because I'm always looking forward to the next off season. Uh, but if you look ahead a little bit, that pick is going to convey to the Knicks next summer. They're going to have full flexibility with picks after next summer. And like you mentioned, depending on how a few things go, they could potentially have cap space too. So, and I know people groan when you mention Mavs and cap space in the same, uh, same breath, but, have they ever had, you know, flexibility with cap space and picks together in the same summer? Uh, that's what I'm, you know, that's what I'm excited about. You know, if that happens, then, you know, say, say and I know I'm not going to get you to comment on this stuff, but like say, you know, given all the stuff that's going on with the Boston Celtics right now, and, you know, it seemed like Jalen Brown, he wasn't too happy with the uh, the Kevin Durant rumors over the summer and he's going to be an expiring contract next season. I mean, you never know what can happen. You know, the next big uh, or the next star uh, that becomes available past next summer, the Mavs will have the assets, in my opinion, to get in on something like that. So that's what I'm really excited about. But, I mean, if I kind of nailed that part of it, I mean, if the Mavs do something between now and then, don't you think it's going to be more of like a bargain-type deal?
1: Yeah, probably. I mean – they're not really in a position to be able to take on more money and a lot of the larger contracts that they have right now have money on them beyond this season. Generally that's not a really good recipe to make a deal unless it's like last year they traded, you know, KP who had a lot of money left on his deal for two guys who also had a lot of money left on their deal. So like you could maybe swap like a bishop for a knight or something, but you're not going to like, you know, promote your pawn to a queen overnight. I think if you want to do that, uh probably going to have to wait till next summer. Although even then, like I'm, I'm curious, you know, I don't pay too much attention to the super specific details of a lot of these big trades, but you know, let's say the Mavs convey their 23 first. The next one they could trade is 25. Is that like desirable as a package? You could trade what? 25, 27, 29. I don't think you could trade 31 yet, but you can do like four swaps or whatever. Like you can give a lot of first, but if the first one that you're going to get is two years out, is that as good as if a team offers you the same number of picks, but their first one is this season? Like, I'm, I'm just not really sure how that kind of all, all plays out. But they'll at least, the, the, the least you can ask for is having a seat at the table. And once they have their picks back, they'll at least be able to have some conversations and be taken seriously. You know, and that, that matters. I guess the next step would be, does player X all-star out there want to come here? Does he want to play with Luca? Does he want to be on this team? You know, that's kind of like the – that's the thing that we don't really – we won't really know about until it kind of happens.
2: Yeah, and I mean, the pick situation or when teams are deciding on what picks they trade for, you know, it's really inconsistent. A lot of it doesn't make sense to me sometimes, but I feel like the Mavs' immediate draft picks probably aren't as, you know, desirable, but – That's a good point. You look at that 20, uh, the 2027 first round pick, and I think Lucas, if he declines his player option, he'd be a free agent in 2026. He'll be firmly in his prime then,
1: Dalton. Madison won 65 that year. Don't you no, worry? I'm just
2: saying, you know, if you're an opposing GM and you're looking at those picks, and you know, it's a situation where they're going to have to trade a guy regardless. You know, maybe you take a chance and, and get a, a package that includes that pick, and you're just kind of hoping you hit the lottery there. With, uh, I mean, obviously, we hope that, that Luca never leaves and he signs another contract and everything. But, you know, that, that for an opposing GM that wanted to take a a chance, you know, that would be something that, that they'd probably look at. But like I said, happens it happens out so of nowhere. It, yeah. it
1: happens out of nowhere, too. I mean, that's why, like, the ability to just, offer a lot of picks matters because you know we're all sitting around on our phone on june 29th or whatever <laughs> thinking like who's gonna be the first free agent to sign and then like the mother of all woge bombs explodes we find out like katie wants out you know uh yeah. allegedly like you have to at least be able to offer something if you want to get in on those surprise situations but you know we'll see donovan
2: donovan mitchell was 99 percent Going to be a New York nick until he wasn't. And then he was a Cleveland Cavalier all of a sudden. Yeah, so. <laughs> crazy things happen. If, if there's yeah. anything
1: we learned over the last week, it's so you never know what's going to happen next in the NBA.
2: So, with this new season coming up, training camp's about to start on Monday, and then we'll roll into preseason. And the next thing you know, it's going to be October 19th. Mavs tipping off against the Suns. Uh, the scene of the crime, game seven of that round uh, round two series last year what is one of the biggest things that you're excited about? Or you can list a couple if you want to. But, I mean, you're looking at this season overall right now with the moves that have been made this summer. Uh, Luca appears to be in, like, extremely good shape. I know the Eurobasket stuff didn't end the way he wanted it to. Uh, They got upset by Poland uh, in the quarterfinals, but – uh, he looks like he's in great shape. The Mavs have uh, some bigger dudes on the team now that are really talented. I mean, what what are what's one of the biggest things or a couple big things that you're excited about specifically this season?
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data,
1: I don't know if it's excited, but it's intrigued. Maybe that counts as being excited. Um, Last season, Luca very famously got off to a poor start by his standards. And Reggie Bullock really up until New Year's day was like, you know, could barely get on the floor. I mean, he was shooting like in the twenties from three, you know? So when two of your essentially who became your top five players start off out of form, you know, you're going to be behind the eight ball and the Mavs certainly were. Now, of course, COVID had something to do with that. And there were a lot of other circumstances, but you know, last season, the first month or so was such a grind and it was the same way the year before. And it was kind of even the same way the year before first year of Luca KP, they get off to a good start. And then Luca misses like a month with ankle injuries. And all of a sudden they're like in eighth place again, you know? And so I'm really intrigued now that Luca is in super good shape, has just been playing basketball, you know, Reggie Bullock finished the season so well, can they get off to a better start? Because they're going to kind of have to, because at the same time as they're sort of trying to establish themselves in the standings, they're also going to be having to try and incorporate Christian Wood, whether it's off the bench or in the starting lineup. So, like, you're going to have to work out uh, some of the kinks with that situation. You can't also have your best guys be struggling, too. You know, we, we saw how brutal this race to avoid the play-in is for each of the last two seasons. It's basically for the Mavs, it's come down to like the last couple of weeks of the year. In fact, two years ago it came down to like the last game, you know, mm-hmm. you don't want to be in that situation. And the best way to avoid it is to get off to a good start. And so I'm really excited to see now that, you know, Reggie's totally comfortable, familiar. Luca is, you know, in tip top shape, Christian Wood hopefully going to come in super motivated and all that stuff. They can, they can kind of figure out the steps in training camp, you know, can they hit the ground running? If they do, I think it's going to be very smooth sailing this season. And if they don't, then it's going to be very difficult because I'm sure you've looked at the schedule. Yeah. It gets very extremely <laughs> hard like around Thanksgiving or a little before that. You cannot be like licking your wounds through the easy part of your schedule. Like you you have to rack up wins early on. Yeah. And I mean, hopefully – you
2: know, the, the COVID stuff that really plagued the Mavs last year, hopefully that's in the rear view and that won't have as as big of an impact as it did last year. But the injury stuff is going to be the biggest thing because Luka, it seems like, and sometimes it's it seems like it's just fluke deals with him. You know, somebody's foot lands under his awkwardly. And uh, I think there was one game there, I think it was last season, where it was in the last, like, 50 seconds of the game or something like that.
1: Tried to block then, the shot. Who <laughs> <laughs> doesn't block a the shot all year? <laughs> like, what is
2: he doing? <laughs> last 50 seconds of a game, and then he misses like 10 straight after that. So that was, that was upsetting. But hopefully, you know, hopefully he can finally have, you know, a really good solid uh, season of health. And I don't know that he's – if he has cracked 70 games in a season yet, I think it was like early on, maybe his first or second year – but I know he hasn't in the last two years, and part of that's because of the shortened season, but you know, um, so I mean I'm excited. I, I think that I think this team is good i I, I caught some heat yesterday because I, I tweeted out that you know there were some people that it just seems like they're in a perpetual state of despair about the Mavs just because Jalen Brunson left. And I mean, I've acknowledged like that's bad. I mean it's 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 bad. You lose your second best player from a team that went to the Western Conference Finals, there's no getting around that. You, you know, it's, it's just bad. But, you know, all things considered, I don't think the Mavs could have done much aside from offering him a full max contract, uh, you know, to keep him in Dallas. And even then, that might not have even even worked. You know, uh, I think it was – maybe it was uh, Rick Brunson that said something about, like, if, if the Mavs had offered that uh, four-year, $56 million extension before the trade deadline – Uh, that he probably would have accepted. I don't tend to believe that because by that point, Brunson was fully established as the team's second-best player, and he helped navigate the Mavs through that tough period uh, at the end of 2021. So I don't necessarily believe that. I think it was something that they weren't going to be able to avoid. But, you know, all things considered, I mean, I, I think this team is still good enough to, like you said, kind of cruise through the regular season if they hit the ground running. So we'll, we'll yeah, see how it to goes. Yeah, you have to get off
1: to a good start. You have to get off to a good start and hope that, you know, Maxi's post-All-Star break doesn't happen again or Reggie Bullock's pre-Christmas doesn't happen again. I mean, like, hot, there's going to be hot and cold shooting stretches by nature just as how things work. But, like, these things lasted for, like, two months. You know, Tim Hardaway Jr., he gets hurt in January – his, like, almost entire season last year, he did not have even, like, one good week, like, three, four really good games in a row. Like, everybody was struggling the first month and a half or so, and that just cannot happen again. You have to get off to a better start, and, you know, it's kind of a bummer that they're going to have to, you know, sort of integrate a couple new guys. You know, Tim is sort of new. Christian Wood is definitely new. JaVale McGee is definitely new. Um, But, you know, you can't afford slip-ups as that's happening. So, you know it's a, it's a little have, spicy
2: a couple more things here for you and then i'll let you get out of here bobby but uh, you mentioned tim hardaway junior and i did want to get your thoughts on this the last, the two seasons before last year he shot nearly 40% from 3 he was he was incredible you know he was when he got that what was it 4 million i mean a 4 year 80 million dollar or no 72 million dollar contract everybody was just like oh well he, that's well worth it given how he played And then, you know, last year it just completely fell off. I think he was like 33, 34% from three. Just didn't really seem to fit into Jason Kidd's scheme, Uh, which, I mean, there were were some bumps with everybody along the way at the beginning of last season. So I I guess my question for you is, do you think that there is a way for Tim Hardaway Jr. to fit into this current roster uh, with more time? or do you think it's like a situation where it, it, it he just worked better under Rick Carlisle than he than he does under Jason Kidd?
1: I don't know, that's interesting. I think um you know, his best performance obviously comes whenever Luka's on the floor. I now I haven't looked at their on-offs, but I'm just going to assume that Tim shoots really well when Luka's on the floor and shoots worse whenever Luka's off. Yeah. Most guys do. Um last season it kind of, I don't know, it kind of like took him a while to figure out the rotation. Sort of like, is Tim starting? Is he coming off the bench? Uh, is Luca going to play the whole first quarter? Is he going to play the first five minutes and come out? Like, so I feel like once you get sort of into a rotation, the more minutes you can play Tim with Luca, I think the better. And what's probably going to happen is, you know, Dinwiddie checks out five, six minutes into the game. Luca's playing your whole first quarter. In comes Tim. In comes Christian Wood. And then you can just like spam pick and roll and get wide open threes for everybody. So hopefully, like, hopefully it'll be a smoother fit. But, you know, coming off the bench is, it it is a little different. And, you know, I would hope that that Tim can sort of come in with that rhythm. But last year, you could kind of see it at times. Like, he's not starting a game. He's not getting served up open looks like right away to sort of get a feel for it. He's having to come off the bench and assert himself right away. First time I touch the ball, I got to shoot it. And if you miss it, then you're like, all right, next time. All right, I'm going to make this next one. And so you're kind of like pressing, you're like chasing um already so hopefully like just from the from the mental side it all checks out hopefully he spends a lot of time with luca with wood more space uh everybody should be used to the new ball now that shouldn't be something that is talked (laughs) about anymore so you know i have i have higher hopes uh higher hopes for tim and for the offense in general i mean it was just it was a clunk fest early in the season because it was like luca and kp were trying to figure out their personal deals their duo deal the new coaching deal like there was a whole lot of like feeling each other out going on. And it felt like there were a lot of casualties as a result of that, but there, there shouldn't be that type of collateral damage this year, incorporating wood or McGee, It should just be much easier for everybody. Uh, it's just a matter of like, you got to be able to knock the shots down. The one thing though, that, that Tim did really well last season is uh the on off defense splits were really favorable toward him. Like they were really, really good defensively with him on the floor, like best on the team at the time that he got hurt, which is surprising because I don't think of Tim as like a defense first player. Right. But just like the versatility, the athleticism and all that stuff, um, you know, they just have good size. And that, that ties back to what they want to do. They just want as many long players as possible. Tim's like 6'5", six, 6'8", six, 7 wingspan. Like, you know, he fits right in with that. So if you can contribute on defense and hit anywhere near like 37, 38 percent from three, then it's you're, you're golden.
2: And lineups are, are fluid. And I know, you know, just because a certain starting lineup is out there doesn't mean that that's not going to change throughout the game or that's going to be your closing lineup or anything like that. But, you know, that's, that's one thing that really hit me hard when Jalen Brunson left. Cause I was thinking, you know, okay, starting lineup is going to stay intact. And then, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. Struggled last year, but he didn't get to play with Spencer Dinwiddie off the bench. So I was really looking forward to that. And then, You know Brunson leaves now. Dinwiddie's in the starting lineup, and
1: you know we'll we'll see how it goes. But uh,
2: shooters need
1: to be fed shots, man. So that's (laughs) why you can never have enough playmaking because you know the Mavs have a lot of shooting, but they don't have as many guys to get them the ball. So that's I I think they got to upgrade there.
2: Last thing I got for you, it's not really basketball. Well, it's basketball shoes related. Luca has come out with all these different colorways. His new Luca Jordan ones. do you have any yet? Do you want any? What what, what what's kind of catching your eye with what Luca's dishing out there for us lately?
1: So I do not have a pair of those shoes yet. Uh, Jordan <laughs> just tweeted a video about that, like uh, mere moments ago. They just they put it out. So hopefully, like more colorway options are going to be available in America because I know I think right now there's like a black and white one that's available, uh, yeah. but not the full sort of palette. Uh, so hopefully they they release more. I would like to get a pair. But dude, I like I wore these shoes last year until there were holes in the bottom of them. Um, I've had the same <laughs> pair. They they used to be white Air Force Ones, and now they're just sort of like beige. Uh, like I wear shoes until they break. I'm not a shoe guy, but I, I will I will go out of my way to acquire a pair of Luca ones. So I'm I'm looking forward to more becoming available. What about you? Do you do you? I mean, I guess you would only have the black and white ones, right? Or do you have an overseas no. connect?
2: Well, see, I I am the opposite of that. Well, I will I will wear out shoes. Like if it's if it's everyday shoes, you know, I I do I wear those out until there's holes in them, like you said. But uh, I am very much a, a basketball shoe guy, and I probably have too many. Uh, I went on StockX. I found a good deal in my size for those Matadors that I probably won't ever wear uh it's just like the red are, and gold ones right yeah yeah because they're yeah. so loud i probably won't ever wear those that's probably just more of like a, a collector item thing but you know i got those and then uh i got a i found on stock x i found those uh red and dark navy or it's dark navy the luca ones and it has like a little hint of red on them too uh, I found those on there uh, they, they look like prime dad shoes, but you know, uh, that, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's my style. We're entering you know? that era, dude.
1: Like, <laughs> We're that old now, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm in my last, uh, I'm in my last like five or six months of, of my twenties and then I'm fully going into my thirties. So <laughs> you're
1: going to wake up that day on your 30th. And like, I thought everyone was just messing with me but it is true. As soon as you turn 30, things will start breaking, dude. Like it is going to be, it's going to be rough. So I'm, I'm excited for you.
2: I feel like I have a head start on that already, but you know, Uh, well, look, Bobby, I appreciate you joining me. Uh, You guys listening, y'all be sure to go follow. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, there's like a 99% chance you're already following Bobby, but anyway, you can find him at Bobby Corral on Twitter. Uh, Bobby, I appreciate you joining me as always. We'll have to do it again sometime, man. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me yes sir it's gonna be a fun season i'm ready for it all right guys that's gonna do it for another episode of the math step back podcast appreciate y'all coming in and listening every single week uh and be sure to tune in for preseason content uh training camp starts on monday and then like i was talking about with bobby preseason is going to be rolling around and the next thing you know at the regular season is going to be here and uh we're going to be doing a lot of cool stuff this year obviously the the main podcast will have you know post-game content for y'all either immediately after the game or the following morning uh and then we partnered with uh playback uh last last year with our you know with the blue wire podcast network we're going to be doing that this year as well uh and it's free all you have to do is sign in with your tv uh, login credentials whoever you use as your provider you know whether it's streaming or you know actual cable or whatever uh it's free though uh you you log in you get the playback app uh when i post the links you just click on it log in and you can watch the games live with us you know as we're as we're all commenting on it together and you can come on stage and talk about it and all that good stuff so be sure to do that uh be sure to like rate and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms leave us a review on apple podcasts and spotify Uh, If you do so, you'll automatically enter yourself for a chance to win uh, t-shirt giveaways in the future and potentially some tickets as well. We do those every now and then too. So uh, Appreciate it, guys. you will have a good rest of your day. Have a good weekend. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team,